If you want to be successful at daily fantasy football, you gotta allocate a lot of your bankroll to cash games. We'll give you some cash game proven strategies for success coming up next. Hello everyone, I'm Eric Lee. And I'm Gary Kurtzman and we are the Fantasy Football Consultants. Eric, today we're talking about cash games. Just a real brief though background. We gave, Fantasy Football Consultants gave the viewers in our weekly videos suggested cash game lineups for all of last year. And you know what, Eric? I am incredibly proud to say that we made money for our viewers 80% of the time last year. On the one hand, it's an incredibly high bar, but on the other hand, I think we can be very proud of that. Yeah, I definitely am. We kind of have two key skill sets uh, for our background. We know numbers. He's a stat major. I'm an accounting major, and we worked in that field for over 20 years. But we also actually understand fantasy uh, football. We've played in fantasy football leagues for over 25 years. Yeah, and you know, we either headed or worked in analytical modeling of Fortune 50 companies for years. Best news is we've retired. We are bringing that analytical modeling acumen to daily fantasy sports to get you the most proven success strategies for cash games. Yes, and we have developed the NFL DFS Masterclass. We are in the eighth class out of a nine-class series all about cash game strategies, proven ones. Proven ones. Now, you can see this video, obviously, as you're doing on YouTube. You can see all of our videos, not just for the DFS Masters class series. As the NFL season starts, we give the weekly lineups for cash games and GPP. All of that can be found on YouTube, and the podcast as well can be found on iTunes, so watch us for there, too. If you want to support the show on YouTube, smash that like button, and then if you haven't yet, hit the red subscriber button, and if you're listening on iTunes, do us a favor and give us a favorable review. But now, Gary, let's talk about cash games. And when I think about cash games, I always think about my man Herm Edwards, the uh, former NFL coach. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. Yeah, you just don't go to cash games and just go, yeah, I'll play this one, I'll play that one. You have to have a strategy for what you're doing. There are two main cash games. There's a 50-50 and a double up. What's the difference? In a 50-50 game, it is, as the name suggests, 50% of the people are going to win. You just have to finish in that 50.1% percentile and you're going to win. The problem is you get 1.8 times payout. So that means they got a 10% rake. Yeah, DraftKings and FanDuel have to take their take. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually better. That's actually better than the rake that they take for double ups. So for double ups, what does it mean? Well, it means you win double your money, as the name suggests. So it's not a 1.8 payout for you. It's a 2.0 payout for you. The problem is that only 43.5% of the people win. So it's no longer the top 50%. Now you have to be in the top 43.5%. For those of you scoring at home, that's a 13% rake. That's a 13% profit margin for DraftKings and FanDuel. So in other words... So as simple as this, Gary... You're suggesting because of the higher rank that you'd be better off actually doing a 50-50 rather than a double up. Well, look, I mean, gosh, as you say in the movies, right? Show me the money. Show me the money. Well, you're going to get shown more money if you play 50-50 versus double up. It's yeah. that simple. Money's going one of two places, either to the winners or to DraftKings and Vandal. And since DraftKings and Vandal is taking less, uh, it's, it's a better option. So in this master class, we kind of separated in two things. One is 
the thing you have to nail is what contest that you're actually going to play. And then once you pick that contest, making sure you apply the strategies. So we have a full uh, episode in our second class all about picking the right contest. But one quick tip right now we wanted to, to give you. If you're going to play 50-50 and double ups, my suggestion is be sure that you search out single entry tournaments are at a minimum uh, a limit of three entries because a lot of times Gary people enter the really large 50-50 or double ups and then you have these really experienced players with a lot of technology advantages who are entering up to 150 lineups a dollar or two dollars even though it's a dollar or two dollar they're putting in hundred and fifty dollars or three hundred dollars uh, with what would they call them trains of, of lineups and you could be one of the top players out there but you're falling behind all these 150 lineups because they're able to make some split-second last decisions uh, in their lineup yeah these are the pros these are the sharks these are the people that you don't want to compete against so definitely don't follow trains so Eric let's let's take a moment okay and we've talked about consistency. We've talked about high four. Why don't we examine that by position? Now, again, just to emphasize Eric's point, we have an entire show, position, a collection of shows, position by position. We have a quarterback show, how to pick quarterbacks. That's for cash games and GPP, how to pick running backs, tight ends, wide receivers, etc. But let's give them a kind of a high-level synopsis. Yeah. Now, whet their appetite. And then for further details, they can go into the individual shows to get the nitty-gritty and all the best strategies. Why don't you start it off with quarterback? Yeah, and that's the first thing that appears uh, on their, their list on DraftKings and FanDuel. And what you're looking for is efficiency stats for your quarterback. So you want to go back into the past uh, of that year and see how efficient has your quarterback had been. You're looking for three statistics. Touchdown percentage, which is the touchdowns thrown over pass attempts. You're looking at uh, the, sec- the second one is completion percentage. That's obvious, what the, the percent that they've been able to complete. And then finally, passing yards over attempts, meaning are they taking more chances of throwing the ball farther on each pass attempt. All right, so I've heard a lot of different stats about related to efficiency slash completion percentage, definitely about touchdown as well. One thing to note that we didn't hear is volume, yeah. right? And I think that's a very interesting point. Again, more, much more on the factors for success in the selector QB video. Yeah, when you're looking for volume, it's not necessarily a quarterback that that's the key. It's at running back. So right, here Gary? it is. All right. Here's the start of the train, if you will, of positions where volume matters. Look, the NFL is the land of opportunity, less so for quarterbacks from a statistical standpoint, much more for running backs. So the number one factor you want to look at is touches. Now, touches, by the way, can be two different things, right? Because there's a half PPR, full PPR. Um, and even in no PPR, when you catch passes, of course, still one point for every 10 yards. Number of touches. Now, bell cow running backs typically get 25, sometimes even slightly north of that. Um, you want both your running backs, even your second running back, to get at least 15 touches. That's the first thing you look at. And the second is, and this is, you know, quite frankly, another one of those, you know, potentially no-brainer statistics, touchdowns. But the part that isn't no-brainer is... What's going to be the best predictor of touchdown scored for running backs? And it turns out the answer, sure, it, it's percentage of goal line carries that they get. And the best way uh, to pick that, there's a lot of different ways you can look at uh, goal line carries. Some people look at red zone. That's inside the 20. turns out that's not nearly as statistically correlated as touches inside the 10, which even is, of itself is not as statistically correlated touchdowns as inside the 5. 
do yourself a favor. You don't want to get those vulture touchdowns by yeah. running back that comes in at the last minute because you get no points and you get gray hair and you get pissed off and you throw things at your TV. <laughs> Look at the inside the five-yard line touches. Wide receiver. Man, Gary, um, there's no position where we have to select, as, or at least mandatory, select uh, three at that position. So it's important to get it right. And the number one thing that you want to look for for cash games, the whole show is about cash games, is high target wide receivers. Look at it this way. Uh, the more targets you get, theoretically, the more receptions you get. The more receptions you get, the more points you get, especially on uh, DraftKings. So that's such an important thing. There's nothing worse than watching the game and looking at your guy. My guy's up at the top of the screen, <laughs> and the quarterback doesn't even look at his direction. Urgh. So, um, you know, you, you, you really want to make sure you're looking for the high-target guys. Yeah, and, you know, tight ends uh, is not going to be uh, terribly different than wide receivers because, you know, conceptually, they're roughly the same with the exception of the tight ends block a whole lot more, so they don't have nearly the opportunity to get targets. So that means the guys that do, right? There's a top three tight end tier, for at least there has been in 2017, 2018, and here in 2019. Um, that's why I could continue. Even the mid-tiers, you want to look for target, uh, high-target tight ends. There, there's a relative paucity of them, which makes those guys much more valuable. Um, you also want to look at, and this is similar to running backs here, running backs get the goal line carries. You want to know who gets the red zone looks for tight ends. And again, don't just define the red zone as inside the 20. For tight ends, please define it as inside the 10. That's what's the most statistically correlated to expected point value. So again, you can find that a lot of different places on the web, inside the 10 targets for tight ends, their target share for their team. If you find a tight end that when they're inside the 10-yard line and they're passing and he gets 30, 33% of the targets from the quarterback, that's an incredible number, and, and that's an example of somebody who is extremely valuable. Yeah, the tight ends of all the positions we've talked about somewhere are, are very volatile, but it's not as volatile as our last position, which is defense. Wow, you can go up and down depending on the, the defense that you pick. And then trying to figure out what in cash games you want to do, because you want to pay a little bit amount for your defense. You don't want to completely punt in cash games so you can get a, a decent uh, floor. Look for sacks. You want a situation where your defense can put pressure on uh, the opposing offense. And on the other side of the ball, you'd like to have that offense, of course, struggle. But take chances. So you want quarterbacks that throw some interceptions that are susceptible to getting sacks because either they hold the ball too long or they have a poor offensive line. Yeah, and again, what we've done is we've given you a very quick synopsis. Please watch the other videos in our NFL DFS Masters class. We have videos by position that go in much more detail yeah. and give you all. This was just a quick synopsis that give you all of the, uh, of the intricacies of the proven strategies that work to get you to be able to pick the best at each position. So, Eric, let's quickly switch gears a little bit a uh, moment. We've kind of run over the high level by position. Now, let's talk about broader strategies. And one of the strategies that you hear with DFS, but it's, it's, it's different in cash game. Okay, I hear this strategy in cash game a lot. It's called stacking. And, you know, you and I can talk about that in a moment, how it's probably more related to GPP. But first, just define the term stacking and what are your thoughts on that as it relates to cash games? Yeah, stacking is when you play more than one player uh, in the same game and sometimes on the same team 
Um, so that the theory is that if they are correlated, if one guy goes off, uh, it's more likely than not that that other player goes off. So the most common stacking, the one that has the, the highest correlation, is a QB to its wide receiver one. Shortly behind that, you have your QB to the wide receiver one on the opposing team are the QB and the wide receiver two. Yeah, and you know the thing to remember about stacking as it relates to cash games is, I mentioned this earlier, you want to pick not just the individual players, but as a lineup as a whole, you want to pick the guys that have the highest floor, and here's the key here, the most consistency. If you pick at each position the guys who have the most consistency, most consistently hitting their expected fantasy value given their price, and we talk about this a lot by position in our NFL DFS, DFS Masters class, so I won't get into that here. Okay, but if you pick those guys that most consistently hit their value, you will win cash games the vast majority of the time. The thing you got to remember is you can't just look individually at each player's because you need your full lineup to be consistent. And really, the only way that you can get a potentially inconsistent lineup, a lineup that will have less times hitting its expected value um, than other lineups, is if you pick players from the same team or even potentially from the same game. So you got to be really careful with stacking. It certainly is not recommended to stack, uh, to stack in cash games and definitely not recommended to stack three or more because statistically you're increasing volatility where you not only don't need to, but you don't want to. Yeah, so Gary and I may have a slightly different bent on this, but where he's absolutely right is because you want a, uh, a high floor is if you have a quarterback, for example, that you really like, and then you're looking at two wide receivers that you think are about of the same value. One is on the same team as the quarterback and one is on another team. You absolutely do not want to pick the quarterback that's on the same team. In other words, you do not want to stack. But where I think we might have a slight disagreement is if you really believe that there's a great value out there, that you really like this quarterback and you like this wide receiver a lot because you basically think he's been mispriced. So you think that there's a tremendous amount of value there I personally at times will not shy away from stacking to a, because there's a lot of value there. So uh, again, you can choose what you would like to do. And the reason is, if I think that that's such a great value, there may be somewhere else in my lineup that the player may underperform and that could potentially save my cash game. Yeah, if you think that there's a mispricing out there, then sure, absolutely take advantage of it. No question about it. All right, so let's talk uh, a little bit about um, this show and all about how you can help support it if you like our content that we have described. So I mentioned it before, so if you haven't yet, go ahead and smash that uh, like button. Um, and then if you haven't yet, please hit the red subscriber button. What that will do is if you hit the bell icon, then that will notify you of our future videos. Because during the season, we're gonna have DFS contests for our subscribers uh, on both FanDuel and DraftKings, where you have a free entry and a total prize pool of $360. Every week during the season on our show, we're going to provide you a cash game lineup and a GPP lineup. And let's get back into the cash game, Gary. We went through all the particulars of each position, but is there any general strategies that, regardless of this position, that helps to pick players in cash games? 
Yeah, I mean, at every position you hear to start to say, uh, you know, one common factor, which is the NFL is the land of opportunity. A little right. less so in quarterback, but definitely in running back, uh, wide receiver, and tight end. Sure. So how do you gauge opportunity? Well, you gauge opportunity by what's the implied team total. So what's the impl- <laughs> if the implied team total, right, the total points that are going to be scored by your team is higher, the more opportunities your players are going to have to score. I, I know that's a very basic point, but it just bears repeating because that is by far the, the strongest correlation to how your player is going to do individually in that week. You'd be surprised how many uh, people I know play DFS is just like, why did you pick that guy? Ah, I just like him. I think he's going to go off. Did you look at the implied total? So. Well, yeah, and, and, they, and they do the right things. They, they, they may look at the targets that, right. that these players get during the game, and they you know, look at the other factors that we talked about as well, the good, the going, carries the going, touches or targets or whatever. And all that is very important, but just don't sleep on implied team totals because that will vary considerably from week to week. Yeah. Uh, another uh, strategy which not many people use is pace of play. So take uh, the 2018 Colts who, uh, who passed a lot, who just ran a lot of plays. Uh, they didn't let the clock run down all the time uh, before they uh, hiked the ball. Because of that, the opposition was getting an average of you know, six, eight, ten uh, more snaps a game. Those are opportunities for your players. So if you are playing a team uh, that has a high pace of play, that's absolutely an advantage over one that doesn't. Now, the mistake I've heard people say is, you know what, I'm going to pick a cult because I know they have a, pace, a high pace of play. Well, that pace of play is already built in to their statistics and into their, their DraftKings and FanDuel price. Mm-hmm. So it's, you're looking at the uh, pace of play of the opposition, not that player's team. Yeah, it's not only not built into the player's history, it's not built into the algorithm or the pricing for the player either. So that's, that's, a, that's an important point. Um, and you know what? Let's talk about the injury report a little bit because every time you do fantasy football, this is for season-long fantasy leagues, this is for DFS, cash, GPP, whatever. You're, obviously, you're not just checking the injury report on Thursday and again Sunday morning. You've got to be paying attention to the actives versus the inactive list that gets put out an hour before each game. And you're going to be listening for the news to come out to say, is this player going to play or is this player not going to play? Now, part of that is obvious. Don't start a player that's not going to play. I think everybody knows that, so pay attention for that. But the other part that's maybe a little less obvious is twofold. One is, please don't just check at 9 o'clock in the morning Pacific, right, <laughs> on Sunday. Please tell me that you're also checking at noon <laughs> for no. the afternoon games. And if you're starting somebody on Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football, check an hour before those games too. Uh, it just, this is not a one-shot-and-it's-over kind of deal. Look, when you're playing cash games, you're betting real money, folks. So let's take it seriously and let's check the uh, actives and inactives an hour before each game that you have a player in. Here's the other point to remember, and that is that if your player isn't going to play, he's on the inactive or, you know, you've you've heard from reliable sources, of course, coaches all get interviewed now before the game, this person's not going to play, yes, no. Um, Just remember one thing, okay? In cash games, you do need to be conservative. So if it's unclear to you if somebody's going to play or not, or if they are going to play or they're in a hampered state, then it's best to avoid that player. But if it is clear to you that somebody isn't going to play, then just remember that one man's sacrifice is another man's opportunity. Sometimes that's going to be the player that literally takes over the position. 
running backs, quarterbacks, those are the obvious examples of that. It's literally going to be who's going to be the RB1, who's going to be the quarterback takes over. Wide receivers, it gets a little bit different because some guys tend to switch over. Okay, you really do have a wide receiver switching over to an X position, just as one example. Um, in other examples, maybe they don't switch. The slot guy remains the slot guy. You just, even if the... Uh, you know, even if the X guy that runs the go routes is out, they're going to replace him. That doesn't mean that that guy's going to soak up all the targets that the original player. Oftentimes, somebody else, the wide receiver, the slot guy, soaks up some of the targets. So you got to pay attention to who you think is going to get the opportunity if somebody is on the inactive list. Yeah, so when you're looking at that injury report, when Gary talked a little bit about it when he said you want to make sure that your guy uh, plays. But it's always a little bit more difficult when you have a situation where your guy is on the injury report and it, he is not inactive and he is going to play. And then the question becomes, Gary, is he going to come play at a diminished uh, state? And this is, goes back to what we're doing on this episode. We're talking about cash games where you have to have a high floor. So for running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends, if you have serious doubts about their uh, their health, even they're going to play, just go elsewhere. Um, because each of those positions, it is so easy to phase that player out. For example, a running back who's uh, suffering from an injury, they can play, but they can be their their role can be reduced. You ever watch the Super Bowl, <laughs> the last Super Bowl with Todd Gurley? That's exactly what happened. You have to uh, monitor uh, the games so much. So Gary talked about an inactive standpoint that you're doing it at the beginning of the game. We are trying to, if you're serious, ruin your Sunday, folks. We want you not only to be at the beginning of the game, but we want to monitor toward the end of the morning games and make a decision about where you stand in order to determine whether you do something called the late swap. Gary, you want to explain, what is this late swap? A late swap is a Hail Mary, folks. It's just a Hail Mary for a DFS player instead of an actual NFL player. Look, here's the deal. you got to finish in the top 50% if you're playing 50-50 or 43.5% if you're playing double up. So monitor your progress as the morning games of, uh, of, of Sunday occur and even in the afternoon games of Sunday occur. And if you think that there is a good chance and you see your placement relative to all other teams and you can get a gauge of how many players those teams have left to play versus how many you have left to play. So you can get a decent gauge of am I likely to be in the money, am I likely to be out of the money. And Eric, I'm telling you, if you're likely to be out of the money, then basically junk a lot of what we have just talked about in this video because you are in Hail Mary mode and you now need to pick players that have a low ownership percentage. Why? Because you need these guys to hit so you can get back in the race. If you're picking guys that have, uh, you know, that have high values, have high ownership levels, it's not going to help you jump back in that 50%. It'll keep you in that top 50% if you're already there. But if you're not and you need to throw a Hail Mary, you can actually it's, do a late swap and substitute players. It's really not that hard to, 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 to see. You, 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 it's, you're playing a 50-50 and you're playing, uh, let's say, against 20 people, so you got to be in that uh, top 10. And you're sitting there at 15. And in the NFL, there's a lot more early games than late games. So often, 80 to 85% of the players have already uh, played. And you can look at the different lineups of the people you need to, uh, you know, frog leap over. And you can tell based on what they left and you look at the salary left that they have and the positions that they have. You can predict the, the, the players that they are playing. 
you can't play those same players because you're not gonna, they're going to do the same as you and therefore you won't catch up. Yeah. Yeah. So late swap becomes key, if you're, especially for cash games. Yeah. So we want to, again, thank all of you. We really appreciate uh, you taking the time to watch our videos and hopefully being able to watch this entire Masterclass series. We started Fantasy Football Consultants a year ago, and we're still building out our football community. So please, if you like what you've seen, share us with other people. Share the link with your friends. Share a link with your Fantasy League mates. And share your comments with us. We would love for this to be as interactive as possible. There's a comment line right under our video. Share any strategies uh, that you've used that have worked. Uh, and also, if there's something that we said that you liked, something that we said even that you didn't like, please share that with us too. Because the more interactive this channel is, the better it is for everybody. Yeah, and as a small channel, we make an effort to respond to each and every comment. So, Gary, that'll do it for uh, the eighth masterclass. Congratulations. You're an expert in the cash games. So, but you're not yet graduated from our masterclass series. Assuming that you've gone in order, the last class, which is class nine, you will want to catch, which is talking about all the proven strategies for GPP play. And you can find that video right over there. And if you somehow missed uh, all of our, cube, our positional strategy classes, you can pick up that playlist starting with quarterback right here. And until we see you next time on these videos, we'll see you then. See you then.